0: to be with you today. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin. Welcome back to the Jewish Growth Podcast. In my own work at my synagogue, I've been working a lot lately with volunteers helping to develop our new logo and look as we gear up for a stronger virtual presence in our rebrand. Virtual presence? Oh no, that means social media. What are mitzvah-observing Jews doing on social media? Social media, for sure, is not a noble place. Social apps are Produced by for-profit companies, they are looking to hook you in so they can get you addicted to their apps as they make globs of money. Plenty of young people get addicted on social, they develop complexes, insecurities, addictions. Perhaps we should avoid social apps like the plagues of Egypt. And what's more, the virtual world is not what we are, a shul or a Jewish organization like a school. It's a physical space. It might have an aron Kodesh, seats where people gather around. And still true as all this is, it is also true that there are many people who are not here in Shoal or other Jewish spaces, especially in our post-pandemic world. We connect with people who walk into our doors, but what about all the people who never make it in? I used to know a Florida rabbi who grew up in Portland. His name was Rabbi Kalman Packhouse. And in his early years, he was known for an innovation called the Friday Facts. Every Friday, he faxed a Torah, end up being to thousands of people, and this was a huge innovation back then to spread Torah via fax. Keeping up with the high tech of yesteryear, here was a man who knew how to who knew how to go out to the people. In truth, going out to the people is a key part of our journey through Shmos. <clears throat> we're about to start reading Exodus Shmos uh, as I'm recording. We're just uh, a day before that, and we're going to begin. Two parallel journeys: the journey of the Jewish family developing into a nation, and the journey of Moshe becoming our leader. Who was Moshe? There's so much critical information in the verses that helps us grasp his leadership. Now, first the Torah testifies: "Va'yigdal Moshe, ve'yete el ve'yar Moshe grew up and went out to his brethren, and he saw their burdens. And Rashi comments, valibo lios What does it mean that he saw the burdens? Rashi says that he set his eyes and his heart to be distressed over them. He made it a choice to look and see what was happening. He takes responsibility for the Jewish people and puts his own life at risk. He chose to be conscious of the burdens of the Jewish people. And the burning bush was a symbol of how God was with the Jewish people in travail. And Moshe mimicked that posture of Emo Anochi Bitzara, that God's presence is with us in times of distress. And then when Moshe is exiled to Midian, he steps up again to rescue the daughters of Yisro. These trials, recorded in Chumash, illustrate who Moshe was. And yet for our rabbis, all this does not fully capture the greatness of Moshe. Because after these events, we find that Moshe is shepherding the flock of Yisro, and it's there, before the burning bush, that Moshe is interacting not with people, but with animals. And in this act of shepherding, in spite of our having already witnessed Moshe's leadership, our rabbis discern another moment that made Moshe the leader that he was. The Midrash and Shemos Rabbah teaches us, And also Moshe, the Holy One, blessed be he, tested him only through a flock, the Midrash says. When Moshe shepherded the flock of Yisro in the wilderness, a kid ran away from him. Moshe ran after it until he reached a shaded place. There the lamb came across a pool and began to drink. As Moshe approached the sheep, he said, I did not know that you ran away because you were thirsty. You are exhausted. He placed the lamb on his shoulders and carried him back. Amar Kadesh Baruch says the Holy One, Blessed be He, You have mercy to tend the flock of flesh and blood with such great love. By your life, I swear, you will be the shepherd of my flock, Israel. This shepherding seems to be a capstone moment that makes Moshe a leader. But what's missing in our understanding of Moshe that The Midrash needed to teach this episode. We know from the straightforward verses that Moshe was a man of action. He left the lap of luxury to be involved in the burdens of the people, resulting in his travails in exile. A Midrash, any Midrash, is deep and there's so much to uncover. And yet there's two particular insights I see in this Midrash about Moshe that are less apparent from the straightforward verses. The first insight is the attribute of love. In this story, Moshe exhibited Rachamim, which can be aptly translated as love. Love. And love is central. The Rambam writes that love is a critical part of relationship between a Rebbe, teacher, and a student. Just like the students seem to honor their Rav, says the Rambam in the Mishnah Torah, so too the Rav needs to honor his students and bring them closer to Torah. A person needs to be careful with the honor of his students and to love them, for they are like his children. A teacher who sees his students as his own children will love them and bring them closer to Torah. This is the love that Moshe felt for the lamb as he ran after it and carried it home on his own shoulders. But there's a second idea that flows from the first. Moshe followed the lamb. And it's not the first time we see this behavior. Moshe also left the palace to see the burdens of the Jewish people. But here in the Midrash, it comes into sharper focus. When Moshe saw the travails of the enslaved nation, he was looking at a whole nation. But with the lamb, it's Moshe's love of the individual member of the flock that stands out. When it was not even clear where the lamb was, Moshe went to find its whereabouts only after he reached the lamb did he comprehend its problem, its exhaustion, its thirst. Moshe spoke to the animal as an individual. Moshe felt love, and consequently, he followed the lamb, the individual lamb, the place it fled to, and learned what it was doing there in that place. And this is a lesson in leadership. In all times, we need to recognize individual members of our community and find out where they are physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Now, our truth is that many of our brothers and sisters are not here with us in the Jewish community, be it in shul or Jewish day schools or wherever. And yet, there is a single place where all current and future constituents, supporters, members of the Jewish community can be found. What is that place where all Jews are? The answer is online. When we bring our shul or our classes or online, we're following the path of Moshe. We're meeting the people in the place that they are. We're following after the Lamb now online is not the greatest place on earth far from it but people are there and this force is driving them there if we want to remain relevant we need to figure out where young Jews are specifically online and connect with them in that environment the dangers of the online environment demand we exercise care and caution to protect ourselves we need to go with self-awareness and not everyone is meant to find the kids in the social places and connect them to the roots. Not everyone is Moshe who gets into the thick of things wherever they are. But Moshe's example is needed for us, needed for our community. If we want to reach Jews in the modern era, we strive to model this paradigm of Moshe, be be true to our values, and yet willing to go into the fray. We need to go out to the people and speak to them in the language that they know. It's really a basic idea in life that you have to Get close to the people if you want to understand what they're going through. When Joe Gabbia first founded the Airbnb website, he could not understand why there were so few bookings. He had this hugely innovative idea of getting people to rent out their apartments or part of their homes to strangers. And Ethereum theory, was a great idea, but it wasn't yet working. And he decided to go to New York City where they had about 30 people who had listed their homes on the emerging website. He ended up knocking on their doors, helped them to photograph their homes to advertise it, and then they would sit and talk over coffee. And by being with the people, by being up close, he was able to discern that people were experiencing key difficulties in navigating the website. And after being up close to the people, he was able to fix his website. And of course, the rest is history. It's one thing to sit in an ivory tower. But if we want to understand people and their experience, we need to get close to where they are. It was only after Moshe ran after the Lamb that he was able to comprehend what was happening with it. Then he was able to speak to the Lamb and bring it back to the flock. That was his love of every single individual. This week I'm launching a class on Ramchal and his Sefer Derek HaShem. That's what Ramchal really was of Moshe Chaim Lutzato. He was a modern age person, albeit a few hundred years ago, who translated the Torah and Torah ideas into language of his own generation. And his words remain relevant today. We need to get close to the people. We need to speak their language. It's so easy at a synagogue, for example, to be so focused on what's happening under our own roof, especially when it's not leaking. And in my own work, I find that going out for a cup of coffee with someone or visiting a family who doesn't attend shul can really be meaningful. You get to ask questions like, what's going on for you? And what would be a meaningful way for you to connect with the community? I can't tell you how much I've learned by asking people outside of our shul context how they feel about their Jewish life or the Jewish community or what they hope to see in the Jewish world. I learned so much from these conversations in that light i really hope that this shul and other shuls like it can be a sanctuary and a center of holiness and at the same time from these sanctuaries we have the strength we need to find the strength to go out like moshe and perceive the burdens of the people because with that closeness and that perspective and that love for the individuals then we as a jewish community Can be a source of saving and redemption for the Jewish people. And every single one of us, wherever we are in our journey, can be part of that. Thanks for being with me. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.